most wonderful show is Keeping Up With The Joneses. Welcome to episode 164 of Keeping Up With The Joneses. This week we talk broken chins, how to make decisions, and review our listeners' feedback, plus a sneaky surprise at the end. But as usual, let's start here. AJ Jones, how the heck are you? I'm so good. How are you, baby? You're using a baby voice. Do you realize you're using a cute voice there? Well, that's because I looked at you and you're cute. That's right. Distracting. That's the effect I have on my wife, ladies and gentlemen. It's true. It's true. Well, let's talk about the week, babe. Okay. So Monday. Oh, yeah. Monday. Was trauma day. Oh, it started off well. Yeah. Yeah. Labor day. So Tia had been asking to go to Nashville Shores for about... A week or something. Nashville Shores being a water park up in Nashville. Yes, that we have passes for. And so I was like, yeah, baby, well, we'll see if we can. We'll see if we can. And then some friends of ours were going. And so we decided to go. And I went without you. You were going to get work done. Yeah, I don't remember what I did. You're working on the Finding Father stuff. Oh, yeah, that's right. Almost done, folks. Almost done. And I took all three children to the park. About 10 minutes after arriving at the park... Tia split her chin open. Mm, good times. And I froze. Yeah, you totally froze. I totally froze. I didn't know what to do. I held a towel over her bleeding chin as it gushed down the front of her body, and I froze. And I'd probably still be standing there if it wasn't for Shaylee Ratliff coming and rescuing me and helping me think. So are you freaked out by blood? I don't like blood. Oh, you don't? No. Okay. I, I, well, I don't mind if it's me. Like, I don't mind if I get hurt, but my kids bleeding, yeah, can't handle that at all. I can do vomit or poop, but not not blood. <laughs> if you're a new listener to Keeping Up With The Joneses, it's like this every week. So, yeah. So, just so you know, for future reference, blood, that's your job. Okay. Got it. Okay, perfect. So, you end up going to a physician? Yep. We went to like an urgicare kind of place. And, uh, I, how was your experience there, babe? It was, it was pretty, pretty horrific, actually. Do tell. (laughs) So we got there and the doctor, I mean, the staff was all very sweet and everything. Um, but the doctor was like, you know, we should stitch it. And I said, well, my only concern with that is that freezing doesn't work on me. And it didn't work on our sister because I remember having to hold Abby down in Australia. And it didn't work on my dad. And if freezing doesn't work on her... By, fr- by freezing, you mean like local anesthetic. Right. Like n- using a needle to freeze the area so that you can sew it up. Right. Doesn't work. I have felt every stitch I've ever had in my entire life. So anyway, she said, well, that's not possible. Freezing works on everyone. And I was like, I assure you, it doesn't. And so we tried to have this calm conversation while an eight-year-old is listening to us. Uh, and then I said, can you just glue it? And she said, well, it'll have a bigger scar, but I can glue it. And I said, well, I think that will probably be better since I don't know if it will work and, on her. And at this time you're texting me cause you're feeling like you're going to pass out. No, it wasn't until after what oh, happened next. Okay. So I'm doing okay, sort of, if I just ignore the fact that every time Tia talks, the little slit talks as well. Okay. Yuck. (laughs) And uh, so then, you know, she says, okay, I'm going to glue it. And she gets her to, you know, put her chin back and whatever, which actually, I don't know how you glue it with her chin back because that stretches it open. But anyway, that's not the point. And uh, she glues her fingers to Tia's face. Like she glues the the gloves to Tia's face and then she has to pull the gloves off, thus pulling the incision apart. And then it froze like that. And that's the part where you want to pass out. I, yes, because I'm, and Tia's screaming after we told her this wasn't going to hurt. And uh, the thing is now, 
absolutely glued open instead of glued closed. And it was like the doctor wanted to pretend it didn't just happen like that. And then she just put like a million steri strips over it. I'm like, too late, lady. You just glued it open. So the thing bled all day and then all night. So then you're texting with Cindy, our pediatric nurse friend. Yes. And Cindy's like, uh, come into the hospital. They will sedate her and then they'll get it off. They probably can't get the glue off, but maybe they could, you know, whatever. And I'm just like, I honestly don't know if I can take the trauma of trying to do that for the difference of a... And I was a voice of calm through this whole thing. Uh, well, okay. You, wait, you don't remember that? I was completely calm through the whole thing. You may have been. I I felt like a nerve ending, like somebody was... I don't know. I felt completely traumatized for like two days. You know, at the end of this podcast, we should really play the trauma prayer by <laughs> Pat and Jim Banks to break <laughs> off trauma of everybody. For everybody that had to hear it. So, But honestly, by the time she came home, she was fine. I mean, she was calm. She was fine, but she was still bleeding. Yeah. Which I mean, she, she was... shouldn't have been if they'd actually All right. gotten it together. All right. Okay. It wasn't sorry. my fault. Okay. So that was Monday. That was Monday. Uh, the, the week could only get better. Yes. And it did. It did. Yeah. Tuesday was our orientation. It was. Which means all of our new school students and our returning students for year two showed up at church and we got to meet them all, have lunch with them. They got to meet their small group. And it was amazing. So if you're awesome, if you're a student who is attending SOSL this year, we're super excited to meet you. If we didn't get a chance to say hello to you, um, we're so glad to get to spend the next eight months with you. And we'll try and make sure we say hello to everyone this week. Now, the trauma wasn't over because the poor staff member who ran that doctor's office gave you a courtesy call on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, probably not expecting my response. Hi, Mrs. Jones. <laughs> this is Susan here from Doctors Urgent Care. Just wanted to do a follow-up courtesy call just to see how Tia was. And, and do I trust that you have a, a, had an amazing experience with our doctors? And you said, are no. you freaking kidding me? <laughs> right. And you basically told her what you just I told just us. I just told her the whole story. And I said, and it's still bleeding. And she, bless her, was just petrified yeah so she put me on to the office manager and the office manager was like let me talk to the doctor that's here today it's a different doctor he's been you know a doctor for ages which i'm sure he has um and he was lovely but anyway he said bring her in and i'll try and convince her to let me look at it and he managed to get all the steri strips off without her really uh fighting him much at all well that was preceded by tia you know, us taking her in and saying, okay, Tia, the, the doctor wants to have a look at your chin. Yes. And Tia looks at us just just cold in the eyes and just says, what am I going to get for it? <laughs> and I was like, well, well, honey, what, what, what do you mean? What, what do you mean? She's like, I want $25. I want cash. What kind of cash <laughs> are you going to so give the me? doctor just said, now, Tia, when you grow up, I want you to go into mergers and acquisitions <laughs> because with negotiation skills like that, you'll do very, very well. It was very funny. But anyway, they took it off and kind of cleaned it up. and Yeah, but I mean, it was too late because the glue had already... I think it looks great. Okay. It's yeah. fun. Plus, it's underneath your chin. I Nobody posted looks it on that. Instagram. If anybody's really interested, it's in my Instagram stories. Oh, but gross. I know. Wednesday got better. Wednesday got better. You're doing an art class? I am. I, the reason I know this is every time I open up the trunk to clean <laughs> stuff out, there's, there's a new painting <laughs> in the back seat. And I'm like, what? what? Well, What's where happening? Where did this come from? Yeah. Are you I, enjoying it? I am. I mean, I, what I'm trying to do is just have fun being creative and not care if it's perfect or if it looks like it could be hung up anywhere. Good. Yes. All right. So. Bonus. 
which is a challenge but, for me. What are you going to do? Because I kind of want to burn them all, but I'm not right now. And but what are you going to do with them? I don't know because they're physical, tangible objects. Like when I create things that well, I'll probably I'm just trash them at some point. But for right now, I'm choosing not to trash them, even though they're not beautiful. Uh, just to sit in the fact that I'm being creative, even if it's not perfect. Babe, I applaud your creative but not perfect thank you <laughs> um it says here in the show notes friday caviar and bananas could you help me with that yes i ate caviar and banana. no just kidding uh, i met a friend for lunch on friday at a new um sort of market type restaurant in nashville called caviar and bananas would i like it uh you would oh good well it's it's um it's kind of like marche in toronto like but nowhere near that size okay like nowhere near that size um, but there's a salad station and there's like a cheese station. You mean I have to go get my own food? Yeah. And then you like pay for it. And then you sit down and no, 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 drink no. coffee and stuff. I go out so that people bring food to me. Well, I know. But they have lots of good gluten-free things. And oh, goody. they have like Franklin juice stuff there. And so they, they have like quite the selection of stuff. Okay. Um, but the parking garage that is attached to it that you get validated parking. Mm-hmm. I don't know who designed it, but I would call it, it's a Tesla garage. Because if your car does not have the summon feature, you are not getting out of your car. <laughs> there is not enough space to be able to open the doors. It's like a European came in and went, I think I'll do this one. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I'd like to apologize to all the Europeans listening. She means no harm. Whoever She's designed Canadian. it thinks we all drive smart cars. And then it's Tennessee and everybody drives like a Yukon. And it's insane. <laughs> it's just like, are you kidding me? Uh, anyway me who i like parking and i'm not worried about parking garages i'm like i will never i will never park there again what who likes parking like all things cars well forget going to like your art class just go to parking (laughs) lot spend the evening parallel parking and reverse parking well that's not as creative can i paint the car first (laughs) you know saturday yes was a fun day for me yes because i spent six hours and when I say I, I mean my friend Neil, who's an electrician, spent six hours with me rewiring our upstairs. Yeah. And I wanted some power outlets in different places than was previously available. And Neil's like, oh, no problem. We'll just go up into the attic and we'll just drill through and we'll just run some new lines. And I'm like, uh, okay. Now, I'm scared of electricity. He He's not. Right. But he, you know, again, six hours later, we managed to hang two TVs. So what's great now is up in the bonus room... Um, the kids have got a nice big TV, which also means I have a nice big TV because that's where the Nintendo is. Yes. And Mario Kart on a 65-inch TV is a thing of joy. Ooh, I'll have to try that. I quite like Mario Kart. It's the only one I what? like. Who are you and what have you done with my wife, you imposter? Out of all the games, that one and the Just Dance game are my favorite ones. I have literally never seen you play Mario Kart. I've played with the kids, darling. Okay, after this, forget it. We're going to go play Mario Kart. All right, I will bring you down. I... Would like to see that. <laughs> okay, well, that's probably not going to happen because you play it too much. Right. But anyway, we have. But I won't come in twelve. <laughs> we have a gorgeous TV hang up. Thank you, Neil, for making that reality. And then, Thanks, if you ever Neil. come stay with us in the guest room, you now have your own flat panel TV that pivots, and so no matter where you are, if you're in the sitting area of the room, you can pivot it over there. If you're in bed, you can watch it in bed. I'm very happy. My so producer is nice. super happy. Yeah. So that was nice. Saturday. Well, almost. I had in a. Um, run in with my garden this is a 12 minute i i'm sorry but people update. need to know about the garden go on okay so basically 
As I was <laughs> stepping into the garden to tie up some tomato plants where the bunnies can't get them, I somehow hooked my foot over this pole and it ended up pulling me over and out of the garden and then I stabbed my leg with the pole. So I have a little gash and a bruise. And Which I think is affected. Affected or infected? Infected. No, it isn't. Okay, don't. Yeah. Just ignore all my pre-med training. Okay, I will. All right. And uh, so, yeah, I have a wound, a wound that is healing. And we ate our first watermelon and it was revolting. Before we move on to our main topic. Yes. It is worth noting that this morning's message by Jeff Dollar was unbelievable. It was fantastic. It was so good. He killed it. Well, he was like, but everybody was so quiet. I was like, Jeff, I couldn't write down notes fast enough for the revelation you were dishing out. For real. It was was so good. It was so, so good. I'll put a link in the show notes. I'd highly recommend you listen to it. It was was phenomenal. Yeah. All right. Our main topic for this week is all about making decisions. And what I love about this week is you're leading it. And I haven't even read the show notes for this. So you were all talking about, I want to talk about making decisions. I'm like, I would love to hear what we have to share about making decisions. So take it away, Mrs. Jones. Well, I was thinking, you know, While obviously we are married and so we make decisions based on being married and what our life looks like, a single person would make decisions differently. So I thought I'd tackle it from from sort of both perspectives or that, you know, if we can sort of think back to single days and how we made decisions then and then talk also about how we make decisions as a married person. All right, go for it. So um, I might just start with being single. So a lot of the stuff that you're making decisions about when you're single is not just, I mean, there's there's your day-to-day stuff, you know, like what are you going to eat and all that kind of stuff. I don't think you really need wisdom on that. Eat whatever you want. Have fun. Tacos. There you go. That's decided for you. Um, But you would think about stuff like how do you spend your money? And you're the only person that's making that decision, but you're also the only person that suffers the consequences of that decision. Um, or how do you spend your time? Also, the only one who's maybe potentially the benefit, but also suffering the consequences of it. So it's, it's different in a marriage where you could potentially have somebody that goes, Hey, uh, we're not going to spend on that or let's budget this way because, you know, there's somebody else who has a say when you're single, you're the sole person responsible for the decision. And, and it can feel like there's a lot of pressure in that. I don't. Well, here's, I wouldn't trust my memory. I was going to say, I don't remember feeling pressure, but then I don't really remember things. I just tend to move on. So I I probably have to be quiet for this part, but go on. So it's just thinking like when I would decide if I was going to get an apartment or, you know, you're, you're budgeting everything on your own. You're trying to run the numbers on your own and then figure out like, can I do this? And if, if you make that decision, you're in it on your own. Like there's not somebody else there that's believing in faith for you for whatever to turn up. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so like, I remember um, when I, I ended up getting this apartment by the church and um, it was the first sort of expensive ish place that I had gotten, right? you know, and it was only $750 a month. So it's not like it was like hugely, hugely expensive, but I was I was not making that much money a year. I was making like twenty six thousand dollars a year or something, and and but I had to live somewhere, and I just had to make the decision. And um, I remember feeling like I am terrified. I am making the wrong decision, you know. Um, but at some point, you have to remember. Okay, the Holy Spirit does speak to me, 
you know, and um, there's very few decisions in life that you can't somehow get help with or get out of if you've made a bad one. That was almost the best piece of advice I've ever heard about making decisions. When John uh, John Arnott said, you know, Ellen, nearly every decision you make can can almost be undone. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that helps. Yeah. So I sort of went into getting that apartment, wanting to live by myself and wanting the space, um, but thinking if I had to, I have a second bedroom. I can, you know, I can get a roommate if I have to. And this way I can try it and just see if it works. If it doesn't work, I'm okay. I have a little bit of a cushion to figure that out. Um, But what I was thinking is I didn't make that decision on my own. I actually invited other people that know me well, that know my life, the pace of my life, whether I would be good with roommates, all that kind of stuff uh, into the process with me and considered all of their opinions while I'm moving forward with making a decision. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And then I started thinking about when, um, when I got the matrix. So I bought this Toyota matrix. Oh, you loved your Toyota matrix. I did. I did. I actually leased it. I shouldn't say I bought it. I leased it. And, um, it was when I was completely living by faith. So here I am traveling for the church in Toronto and really you have no guarantees of income. Right. And you have no salary. No salary. Um, and, you know, I had gone through a season where I literally had a lemon and a ketchup package in my, you know, in my fridge. And I was like, well, I guess I'm fasting to the next church, you know. And so it was sort of like, oh, you know, but I didn't have a car. And when I was home, I was sort of stuck. Um, and this opportunity came up because there was a guy in town that gave a deal to people in full-time ministry. And he gave me an amazing deal. But I remember running the numbers and thinking, okay, I can probably, I can probably do $250 a month. Like I can probably do this. Right. But even though it looked good to me, I asked John if he would come to the dealership with me and meet the dealer guy and just see what he felt, you know, before I went ahead and did it. And, uh, and so he did, he came and met the guy and saw the car and whatever. And I don't think John's an expert on cars or anything, but John was an expert on people and that's what I needed, Mm -hmm. you know? And I, so I think even when you're single, if you can invite other people into the process that you trust, um, then it's actually a little bit easier to, to make the decisions. So that was one of the things I thought about. Yeah, and to this day, that's something we still do, isn't it? We we still have wise counsel yeah. on every decision we make because I've learned I don't actually want my own way. Right. As Not in, at the expense of what it could cost you for making no, a decision. Wisdom's so yeah. much more worthy than anything else. And right. so I love I love asking, you know, the people in my life I trust. I, I remember when we bought our first house, I remember calling my father, who was the most prudent man. Mm-hmm. And I thought, there's no way my dad's going to go for this. And I think kind of like like my dad was the, the ultimate litmus test. If, this, if my dad says yes, then this has to be the Lord. Because, you know, I just watched him be very, very financially responsible. We were taking a bit of a risk. Uh, you know, what do you think? And my dad said the words, I think this is the Lord. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like double whammy. And right. so I've always... I don't know if I've always, in recent memory, I've always wanted to include people in our decision-making process. Not because I can't make a decision. It's usually I've made a decision 
this is what I think I'm going to do. And it's that verse in Proverbs in the multitude of counselors is safety. Right. But then you, you know, in the midst of that process, don't be mad if they say, actually, I don't think that's a good decision. Right. Because that's what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. You're looking for all of the wisdom that you can get so that you can make a decision with all of that in front of you. But so, here's the thing. Once once you've got the feedback, it's still your decision sure it is. to make. Yeah. And the reality is if it goes south, it's not them who are going to bail you out. It's it's you. And yeah. Not that you have an expectation it's going to go south, but yeah. um, I there is a tremendous joy that comes when those that you're spiritually accountable to are saying, yes, I think this is the Lord. You should go for it. There's 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 like an unction on it, an oomph. There's a supernatural whoosh. Look at me with all my look at you. Uh, but there is there's something that's like wow, this feels great. All this momentum, uh, this feels great. Yeah, and I think that that's important too. Like you're whether you're single or whether you're married, you're looking for what the Holy Spirit is kind of resting on, and then that makes it a lot easier to make a good decision, doesn't it? I like sleeping on decisions too. Yeah, it's amazing how putting time between an action distills a lot of noise. Yeah. As in, I, you know, I'm thinking, I'm going to do this, I'm going to make a decision, you know, and there's just a hum of activity. And I think about some decisions I was trying to make maybe a month ago, and now, like, I can make that decision so easy. But at the time, you know, I was under pressure, you know, time, financial, whatever. Yeah. I ultimately didn't make those decisions, and now I feel great about not making those decisions. But at the time, I was like, yeah, but, but if I, you know, ah, and I think, like, John Paul Jackson used to say, peace is the potting soil of revelation. Yeah. And where there isn't peace, if there's frenetic accompaniment to it, I, I don't think it's going to end well. Yeah, and I think we want to be careful of all all that false pressure. Again, like you say, sometimes we think the decision has to be made this very second. Very rarely is that the case. Right. That it has to be made this very second. You know, more often than not, actually, you can get the space from it to talk to the Lord about it and to and to seek wisdom, and then you can actually feel better about the decision that you made. Mm-hmm. I think whether you're uh, single or whether you're married, probably things like how do you spend your money and how do you spend your time, you know, some of that is already determined for you. You know, some of your money is already spent. Before you, know, you get it, you before mean? Before you get it, right. you know, like you, you have taxes and you have tithe and you have rent and you have that kind of stuff, you know, and that's, that's the same whether you're married or whether you're single. But I think um, either way, it's going to come down to your priorities. And as a single person, you get to have that conversation with the Lord and establish your priorities uh, on your own. And as a married couple, you're establishing typically priorities together mm-hmm. uh, about what the spendage looks like. And and I would say it's the same thing with spending time. You know, as a single person, you probably have a lot more time to spend uh, and more freedom to figure that out as a married well, yeah, couple. Yeah, you don't have somebody to consult. Right. As a married uh, couple, and certainly as as parents, a, l- a lot of your time is spoken for because of the decision you made to have children, you know. Um, so there's that. And then the rest of it is negotiated, isn't it? Well, I don't... Is it negotiated? And negotiate well, sounds like you're having to fight for something. No, I don't mean it in a negative, you know, or scheduled perhaps. Yeah. You know, it's just sort of like, you know, we know you're going to have a certain amount of time on Fridays that you're going to get 
to go do what you want to do. And, you know, I'm also going to get some time on Fridays to do what I want to do so that we each get our own sort of personal time to just have fun, unwind, be with people we want to be with, whatever. But we also know Saturdays, hey, that's family day. And so because that's a priority and a choice that we've made, it also affects our time. Mm -hmm. I was thinking we both got married not terribly late in life. I got married when I was 30. You were 33. Yeah. So we'd both established an independent way of life. Yeah. And then, uh, but I don't remember it being difficult when we got married, making decisions. Well, I mean, we would have moments where our shapers would collide for sure. True. For sure. Well, that's um, mainly because you were just completely, you know. Be careful. I know, I was just joking. And I couldn't, I couldn't finish the joke. That was the Holy Spirit. <laughs> no, you're right. There were times when we both had plans. But overall, like, I remember somebody saying to me before we got married, this really negative thing. They said to me, you know, before you get married, make sure you buy everything you ever want to buy. Because once you have a wife, they're not going to be interested in the things you're interested. And that just hasn't been my experience. I, I married somebody who has very similar taste to me in that you'd rather have no TV than a bad TV. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things we've both discovered about each other is we both would rather save for the thing that we actually do want than compromise and get something lesser. Right. And in terms of when we make decisions on spending money on things, um, typically it depends on what we're looking at, who's going to get the final decision on whatever the item is. Yeah, but I, I was thinking about this the other day. I remember our first TV that we bought, mm -hmm. which is now actually in the guest room. Isn't that funny? Oh. I forget when we bought it. It would have been, what, 2006, maybe? Yeah. And so right then, high-definition TVs are just coming on the market. You could buy a 720 or you could buy a 1080. And the 1080 panels were obviously way more expensive. And I remember I did all my research. I found out. I mean, I I'm terrified to think what we paid for that back then. And we went shopping, and I remember you saying, hey, there is no point getting the 720 if the industry standard is going to look like it's going to go 1080. If we're buying this TV, it's not going to be the only TV we ever have, but it's going to get trickled down. I think it makes sense to have like a high-quality TV, especially with electronics. Let's buy the best we can today so that it ages gracefully. And the same with the size of it. Like, we ended up buying a 42-inch, which today is very, very small. But, but, but we thought it was huge. Well, back then it was, you know, it was Yeah, massive. it was enormous. I mean, they, yeah. they kind of capped out about 48, maybe 50 inches was the biggest TV ever. So 42, you know, back then was amazing. So we yeah. bought that, what, 11 years ago. Yeah. It's still ticking. It's an amazing picture. It's, you know, fabulous it for 1080 signals. I know you have now have 4K, but there's not a huge amount of 4K content. Anyway, my point is, we bought something 11 years ago that we're still using today. And I just remember you saying, you may as well get the bigger and you may as well get the better one so that the technology ages gracefully. And I was like, in your face, my friend, who tried to tell me, buy all your technology <laughs> before your wife. You know, because that just right. hasn't been your experience. Right. Well, I don't want to buy two of something. Like, I don't want to wear things out. I'd rather buy the better, save up, buy the better thing that's going to last the longer amount of time. But I would say, like, generally speaking, if we're, I was thinking about, you know, we're talking about if we're buying something for the kitchen, you you might have an opinion, you might do some research or whatever, but in the end, probably if it's for the kitchen, I'm going to make the decision because I'm going to be the one using it the most. Yeah, but the way you do it, babe, is, which I love too, is you come and you say, okay, we need a insert whatever, like a new uh, 
Toaster oven. A new toaster oven. Sure. All right. So here's the top three that I found from, you know, checking the sweet home, checking, you know, wherever. This is, you know, good, better, best. And this is the one I'd really, really like. Obviously, it's the most expensive one. Here's why I think it's, you know, worth it. And you make a case, not that you're trying to twist my arm or you really, you're submitting it saying, what do you think? Do you think this is a wise use of our money? Mm -hmm. And of course, I've got no vested interest in it. I don't, you know, you're the one that's done all the research. But as part of that, you'll be like, this is why I think it's better because it has this and it has that. And, you know, this is why I'd rather have, you know, this brand rather than that brand. And, you know, here's the repair, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, it's sound and it's solid and it's like, yeah. Right, Go which is it. the same thing you do with the podcasting equipment or whatever. Right. I mean, our deal is we we don't even spend twenty dollars without checking with the other one. Right. So well, that's because in times of our life we, we haven't, haven't had twenty dollars to. to spend. So it's been. But it's always yeah. it's always kind of hung over, and it's it's you know that lovely thing of the power of agreement. Some of what Jeff was talking about this morning. Yeah, and. You know, we had some friends over the other week, and it was very funny. We were giving them a tour of the house, and they walked into our bedroom, and they were like, "They said, do you um, do you do you not like bedroom furniture?" <laughs> which which was a very polite way of asking, "Why, Why don't, don't you, you have, have any?" Bedroom furniture? <laughs> yeah, and and I don't think they liked our folding tables, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and the truth is, it's not because we don't like bedroom furniture; it's that we can't afford the bedroom furniture we would like. Now, that that is not a sob story. That is not lamenting. No, we, right. we could go and buy bedroom furniture. I just don't want to buy poorly constructed bedroom furniture because it's what we can afford at the moment because it's what we can afford at the moment right. i'm like i can also afford folding tables and wait <laughs> right but folding tables is an upgrade from upside down cardboard boxes which is, which is what, what we, we had originally before. had <laughs> and again yeah. like i don't say that as a sob story i just say that as there's bigger priorities to spend money on right now yeah but also like we what we the other night we looked at some furniture and i was like i just don't like any of it yeah. I have I have champagne tastes on a beer budget, but this is the goodness of the Lord. Look around our house and look at all the things the Lord has given us that is what we want but is beyond our pay grade. Right. I just anyway, that yeah. that's we're not worried about it. That's a whole other topic. But yeah, in terms of making decisions, it's honoring what you do have and you know, watching the Lord fill the gap. Right. So that's like sort of smaller decisions. Right. I was also thinking about, you know, bigger decisions. So the every time that we've um you know bought a house or moved house, even moving countries, um we're really careful about not manipulating the other person into being at our pace or our speed, but yeah. actually listening to the Holy Spirit together and waiting until you both have peace before you move on anything. But even before we talk about the big stuff, I remember and there's no word of a lie. This is before the iPhone came out. So mm-hmm. before 2007, I remember just realizing, like, I think Microsoft had just released some sort of, like, pocket handheld wireless thing. And, you know, I, I'm a nerd at heart. And so yes. I remember saying, look, babe, I need a new cell phone. What do you think about this? And again, what I want, I want my own way. I, I don't want to have to run well, this Well, we password. all do, don't I just want to spend hundreds of dollars on this and just satisfy my nerd fetish. But we're married, I, you know, don't have the luxury of doing that. And plus, it's not wisdom. And so I remember saying, babe, what do you think? And w- you've done this a couple of times in our marriage where there's something I really, really want. And I run it past you and you're like, I don't know, babe, it just doesn't seem like the best 
bad. I, you know, I just don't think that's wise. And, you know, I appreciate you saying that. I'm kind of grumbling because I really wanted my, like, nerd fetish, like, scratched. But it, it doesn't happen. A couple of months later, something revolutionary comes around the corner. Like, the iPhone. Like, can you imagine yes. how bummed I'd be if I'm and like... And you get given one. <laughs> right. But, <laughs> but in terms of your whole point is... The whole thing only works if we yield to one another. You know, Scripture yeah. says, submit yourselves one to another. Everyone loves to quote the wives submit to your husbands, but in the very same passages, it, it says submit yourselves one to another. Right. So I think I think we're quite good at submitting to one another. Yeah. And yeah, to your yeah, point, sure. the stakes are just bigger when they're bigger situations, but we've learned them in smaller things. Yeah. Well, I was thinking too, like, Remember before uh, Abby was born, you had that invitation to go to the Philippines with John and Carol. Yeah, I do remember. And it was a great invitation and wow, what an opportunity. But I just didn't feel good about it at all. Which And it was like seven weeks before. It was seven weeks before, you know. The baby was due. I was, I should be home resting, shouldn't be a big deal at all. And it was only like seven days. But just couldn't get any peace on it. You right. know, and just so I just said, I, I don't want you to go. I don't I don't feel good about it. So you were like, no problem. You know, I'm not going to go. And we ended up having the baby while John and Carol were in the Philippines. You know, we had it that week. Right. So. But I also think about moving here um, or, you know, tr- traditionally or historically, rather, in our marriage, you're you hear from the Lord, generally speaking, before I do. Yes. Right. So you've had a dream. You hear from the Lord. And when you're presenting things, you're never, ever presenting it as, I've heard from the Lord, so buckle up, buttercup, this is what we're doing. Right. You've always just said, hey, would you pray about this? And usually you haven't told me the strength of the revelation about the thing that you're getting. Well, not until you've heard something. Again, until, I, until I've heard something. Yeah. And I've appreciated it. I mean, you knew about that before we even got married. Yeah. Like the Lord told you on our first date, that's the man whom you marry. Yeah. Which I is didn't know that. Why I went into the bathroom and vomited. Right. It took me what eight <laughs> months, and I was on again, off again, and you just calmly just said, "Well, Lord, just you know, He'll just work it out." And I was like a yo-yo, like I, yeah, I think I want to marry. No, I don't. And you're like, you know, you're just uh, happily going. I know how it ends. I'll just sit this one out. Well, but, I still had my moments of just right? being like, oh, yeah. "This is really hard." I know, but, but yes, but I never felt manipulated or controlled. Right. And same with, you know, moving countries, buying houses and all the other things. Well, I didn't tell you even until after we got engaged, did I, about what I had journaled with the Lord and that whole I, thing. To be honest, I don't think you told me until we were, uh, the fullness of it until we got married, because I remember being like, wait, what? Well, because, you know, I guess I had seen quite a few people do the, you know, the Lord told me that you are my spouse thing. Oh, good Lord. And I just thought, I don't, I don't want to do that, even if, even if that's true. The other person has a choice and they have to have a choice. Otherwise, later on down the road, when everything goes pear-shaped, which, you know, you have those seasons, then it becomes, well, I'm blaming the Lord because the Lord told, you know, my spouse that I had to marry them or whatever. And it's just like, that just becomes dysfunction soup. So... Yeah, I think I think it's always wisdom to to wait until you're both on the same. Um, well, on that topic, what yeah. do we do? Uh, and I know the answer to this because I'm married to you. But for the sake of our listeners, what do we do when we one of us feels really strongly about something and the other person doesn't? What's what's our agreement? We do nothing. I know it's so infuriating. It is. We do nothing until there's unity. Yeah, we don't us. move forward until that we have unity. 
And that seems weird. We just keep the status quo until we both heard from the Lord. Yeah. And I think that's been really good. I mean, it's not an enjoyable process at times. No, I mean... But historically, it's worked out well. Yeah. The other night we were looking at cars, you know, our God bless our minivan has served us so faithfully, but we're just Mm -hmm. looking out, you know, the next six months, a year, just thinking, okay, we we probably need to think about, you know, replacing the minivan. And so we go car shopping and, you know, cars are not my thing. I, you know... Oh, I've, I love I've cars. Driven the same minivan, and you know, it's funny. I look at some people with their phones, and like, oh my gosh, how can you use that? You're below the poverty line of iPhones. You know, they're <laughs> they're rocking like an iPhone four, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know. And to them, they're oblivious. That's how they I feel care. about cars. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So when we go shopping for cars, you know, I might chip in some ideas here and there, but there are no. Va- to your point, and it's not like you pull rank, but you're like, babe, who does all the driving right. and who has a passion about cars? Yeah, you do. Get you know, get whatever you want. So is now the time I should tell you that I found a minivan that we can get in a in a um, stick shift. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's okay. It's a Mercedes. We we can't get it anyway. <laughs> it a doesn't look like a nice minivan, van, but just the idea of a stick shift. Again, I'm sure stick shift would be wasted in a minivan. It probably would. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was quite funny even just walking through with the lovely guy at the Toyota dealership, wasn't it? Yeah. Because uh, he, he kept asking you questions and eventually just said, you know, she's the one that's going to Yeah, I just sat in the back and it's like, dude, I really don't care. Talk to my yeah. wife. She's the one who's interested. Yeah. I'm playing a game on my phone. <laughs> I'm just here for the ride along. Yeah, it was a- quite funny. Any other thoughts on making decisions? Um trying to think if there's I think you know we've already mentioned this but even even as a married couple I still think even though you can make I suppose you could make your decisions in a bubble but I still think it's safer to continue to invite in uh, those people that know you well and have wisdom to to help you with decisions and I, I tell you what what I have learned is if there's a thought in your head of I don't want to go and share that with that person because they're probably going to say no that would be the very person to go share it with. Yeah. Usually that person is an authority figure. Yeah. But I, I make it a keen point to include, you know, it used to be my parents, but, you know, our leaders, our pastors, and say, this is what we're thinking. What do you think? Because they will have a piece. You know, one of my friends I'm really proud of, this person, I haven't asked to tell the story, so I'm keeping it anonymous, but he's, he was praying, and him and his wife were both in agreement and they'd heard something. And as they began to share it with their leaders, their leaders were like, that, that. That doesn't feel quite right, like timing-wise, or, mm, you know, I can't put my finger on why it doesn't feel right. And this person was admittedly bummed because they were like, man, we, you know, we feel like we've heard from the Lord and, you know, me and my wife and this is like all the stars are aligning and the only thing that's wrong is none of my leaders are feeling this. And as they're praying one day, my friend was like, oh, I remember I only know in part and I hear in part and I see in part. So what if what I'm hearing is right, but it's only a part of it, and what my leaders are hearing is also right, and they have a part? And I was so amazed to watch as my friend just said, I'm actually going to prioritize the voice of the leaders in my life um, in this decision. And I was yeah. like, that's a very hard thing to do. Yeah, it is. And you accrue in wisdom when you do that, and yeah. I think it's going to serve them well. Yeah. So there you go. How to make decisions with wisdom and no sorrow. There you go. Are you ready for a listener's question? Yes. Well, tough luck, because we don't have one this week. Well, oh. <laughs> we do. We have some, that, but they're going to take longer than, than I've got headspace to answer for tonight. But what I do have yes. is listener's feedback. Oh, nice. Remember how we did that survey? Yeah. And remember how our listeners 
replied. Yes. Filled out the feedback. Thank you. So, guys, I have to say, I loved, and when I say loved, I mean loved reading every single piece of feedback. I, I read every single thing. I'm not going to share it all with you. I am going to share some of the highlights. AJ Jones, are you ready for this? I'm ready. This is the nerdy section called Listener's Feedback Summary. Do you want me to do a little ditty? I need I need a better title for that. But I can't think of it. But your ditty was perfect. Thank you. All right, let's start with geography. Yes. I'm going to need some more enthusiasm. Let's start with geography. Geography? I love geography. 77% of you are listening from somewhere in the United States. 13% of you are somewhere in Great Britain. The other 10%, you're made up of some fabulous countries called Other. Wow. Yep, which would include... Yes. In chronological order. Okay. Chronological. chronological? Well, like <laughs> size. No, no. In like oh. B- biggest to like okay. depreciating. Okay. I'm sure. I, I, <laughs> we need to record earlier in the night because I've lost the power of speech. Okay. So we've got Australia, Canada, Germany, Norway, Iceland, and Japan. I was going to try and say hi in all those languages. G'day. Uh, G'day. What was the next one? Canada. E. Okay. Germany. Hey. Guten Tag. <laughs> oh, Guten Tag. <laughs> Norway. Uh, I can't remember how to say, well. Jajalskadai. That means I love you. Iceland. <laughs> there you go. <gasps> and Japan. Uh, well, isn't Kenichiwa hello in Japan? Oh, maybe it's yeah, Domarigato, Mr. Roboto. Uh, oh my I, gosh. <laughs> All right, well, it's been too long since we've been in Japan. That's wherever the you are, yeah. thank you for listening and thank you for filling in our feedback. Thank you so Technology much. Technology-wise, 73% of you are using the built-in iPhone app called Podcast, which I don't blame you. Nothing wrong with that. It's built into the phone. It's fantastic. But here's why it's not ideal for our podcast. You can't see the chapter markers. Oh. Which means you can't skip to your favorite parts or skip the parts that you don't like. For example, if you're not a survey nerd, rather than listening to me list percentages, you could just hit skip and go straight to the next section. But that's what I use. I use the purple podcast. Uh, We need to set you up with a different app. Okay. Okay. So Which one? Well, I'll get there in a second. Oh. 73% of you are using that, and I understand why. 6% of you are listening via a web browser, which confused me until a bunch of you said, the reason we do that is at work, we're allowed to you know, have a web browser open and stream music, but we can't use our personal devices like our iPhone. I was like, that makes oh. so much sense. Yeah, it does. And then finally, about 4% of you are using the Overcast app. Now, H.A., you say, what app should I be using? should be using the Overcast app. Overcast app. It's my favorite podcast app. It's the one I use. It does support chapters so that you can um, skip skip around or, you know, refine your favorite part of a podcast. Uh, It's got some other fancy things in it too. I'll put a link in the show note, Overcast. I will see if this time next year we can move you up from 4%. A couple of interesting things. Yes. This, This one was astonishing to me. I asked... How did you first hear about the podcast? 50% of you said that you first heard about the podcast from a friend. Oh, wow. So thank you, everybody, who's recommended the podcast. That's, yeah, that's a, lovely. That's a big deal. Um, 20% of you heard about it via Instagram or Facebook, which is really cool because every week we post to Facebook or Instagram like the the art for this week's episode. Yes. And I often think, why are we doing this? Because surely if you listen to the podcast, you already know this episode is out. Right, because it just appears in your your list of podcasts. Right, but I just figured twenty percent is a big deal of the people who listen. Yes. So if we can keep getting twenty percent of people, I'll keep posting to Instagram and Facebook. 
Oh, this was an interesting one. 90% of you listen every single week. Wow. With a third of that group, a third of that 90%, describing themselves as completer finishers in that you have listened to every single episode. Like, wow. So you might have just started a couple of weeks ago, but you've gone back from the very beginning and listened to all of them. God bless you. <laughs> and listened to some episodes more than once. Um, I was thrilled to see that for the first time ever, our listeners are more active on Instagram than Facebook. Historically, Facebook has been the most dominant social media platform, and it's recently been overtaken by Instagram, which is oh, great. because I'm I happy about that. Way more time on Instagram and practically zero time on Facebook. Me too. One of the most astonishing pieces of feedback... And almost 100%, not quite, I had three people who didn't agree, but almost all of our listeners answered this question in a fascinating way. The question was, what do you think about us creating a way for listeners to support the show financially? I was wondering what people would think, because on the one hand, I love podcasts. Like, I listen to a lot of them. I listen to them when I'm out for a walk. I listen to them when I'm in the car on my own. I listen to them while I'm doing housework. I really, really enjoy podcasts. But then I started thinking about it. All of the podcasts I listen to are ad-supported. Yes. Now, I don't begrudge that because I know that creating podcasts is a time-consuming thing. And I like that the podcasts I listen to, the, the people who make those, are getting paid. But I don't want to have ads on our podcast. No. Now, I'm not opposed to them. I just don't think I have the time to find, you know, companies that I'd actually want to give airtime to right. and to track them down with invoices and keep track of who's who and make sure that there's, right. you know, ad slots filled every week. So I hadn't thought about that, but I did think, you know, we do put an awful lot of work into the podcast and I know that there are people out there who'd like to give back. And I was thrilled to see, like I said, that every single person, well, nearly every single person who answered that question, they said, sure. Why not? Which was amazing. Mm -hmm. So, spurred on by your encouragement, we have created... A Patreon account. Now, what is this Patreon, you ask? Well, Patreon is a website that allows creators like us to be supported by fans of our work, people like you. Now, before we go any further, let us encourage you that the podcast is always going to be available to people to listen to, whether yes. they want to give anything towards it or not. Of course. But for those of you who'd like a little more buy-in or want to get connected and give back, we've actually created a way that you can do that. And in return, you'll get a little something as our way of saying thanks. So you head over to Patreon, you decide how much you'd like to give each month, and Patreon, the website, handles all the account creation. They handle, you know, debiting your credit card or whatever it is and then passing the money to us each month. They handle all of that. So if you like the podcast, if it's something that has encouraged you on a regular basis, if it's something that you're like, yeah, I would like to help support that, then head on over to alanandaj.com slash support, and our website will automatically redirect you to our Patreon page. And let's just say we have a little surprise announcement for you guys over on our Patreon page. So that's it. Get our show notes at alanandaj.com slash 164. Go check out our Patreon page at alanandaj.com slash support and have an incredible week. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God The things we deal with every day From Franklin, Tennessee They are just like you and me Keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses.
Jesus, keeping up with the Joneses. They talk about faith in God and everything under the sun. If you are a human being, there's something here for everyone.